0: Friends, our readings this weekend challenge us to not anticipate about what returning to normal life is going to be like, but rather to participate in what God is doing now. To not spend all of our time anticipating when things are going to be normal, to participate in in what God wants to do with us right now. If you've ever been on a youth retreat, you've probably heard this phrase, right? Don't anticipate, participate. It's like a slogan that uh, is at every youth retreat, right? You don't give them the schedule. You don't want them to to always wonder when lunch is going to be. And so you tell them, enter into the present moment. Don't anticipate, participate. When we're always looking ahead sometimes we can miss what's right in front of us. And I don't know about you, but I've been spending a lot of time thinking ahead, anticipating. Some of that's legitimate, right, and understandable. In some ways, I feel like the Israelites in our first reading today, it's a great passage because this part of Isaiah comes historically right when they were about to return to their homeland. See, they had been exiled in the early 6th century B.C. by the Babylonians. And their temple had been destroyed. Everything they knew to be normal, everything they knew to be familiar and comfortable was taken from them. And they were shipped off as exiles to Babylon. But these sections from Isaiah are right around the time when they're starting to get inklings that they're going to get to go home. The Babylonian leadership has kind of changed their mind and they're going to start letting the Israelites go back to Jerusalem to everything that's normal, to everything that's comfortable and familiar to them. And so these passages of Isaiah are filled with incredible hope and almost fantasizing and imagining about what what life will be like when it it gets back to normal. Let all who thirst come to the water. Let all who have grain or who are hungry, you're going to have plenty of food. Which fare? They're starting almost to imagine like I have done. What I will do when life returns to normal. What things do I look forward to? They're starting to sort of picture that in their mind as they're about to return to what's familiar to them. A healthy sense of that is understandable and good. But we can get so locked in to anticipating the future that we miss what God wants to do right here. I don't know, about three, four weeks ago... I was just in a bad place. I was pouting. You guys ever just pout, you know? Just self pity. I was pouting. I was pouting about all sorts of things. I was pouting as a pastor because I, I felt like before COVID we were, we had a lot of momentum as a parish. I felt like student stuff was growing, the permanent community stuff was growing. And I was pouting because COVID just, I felt like took an axe to it. I was pouting because as a pastor, everything in the church right now is hard. Don't please anybody. And everything is hard. Just worshiping together is hard. And you're dealing with a ton of stuff as a pastor that you didn't go through seminary deal with. I was pouting as a pastor because I was looking forward to working with the students again, and I have no idea what that's going to look like this year. I was pouting personally because I have some family stuff that was going on, still is going on, that was bringing about fear and sadness and disappointment. I was just pouting. And luckily, I have some friends that really speak truth to me. And so I was telling a good friend of mine about how I'd just been pitying myself and pouting. And he said, he started with this. Jeremy, get over yourself. I was like, whoa, you know? And then he continued. I like this next part a little better because that was kind of a rough start, but I needed to hear it. He said, you're asking the wrong question. The question is not when is life going to get back to normal? The question is, what is God doing in you right now? And that convicted me. It was true. I knew it was true. So it shocked me out of my self-pity and my pouting. It's like, yeah, I've been spending so much time anticipating that I I have not been participating in life. I've not been participating in what God's trying to teach me in the midst of this. Our readings today point us to that. Because the second reading tells us nothing, including a pandemic, can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. I wish Paul would have listed pandemic in his litany there. But his litany actually seems to be somewhat autobiographical. He says, no anguish or persecution or famine or the sword. A lot of those things he went through personally seems to be listed. He didn't seem to go through a pandemic. But you could throw that right in there. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. And notice what he says in the second litany not future things either. The future cannot separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The future is in God's hands. Nothing that can happen that we can anticipate can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. In some ways, it's just a reformulation of that tough teaching of Paul from last week, which is so strange I mentioned, that all things work for the good for those who love God. And you're like, no, they don't. But it's the same formulation. What, what Paul is saying is that every situation that happens to us can be an opportunity to love better. can be an opportunity to grow, to grow closer to God and to others. To expand our heart. Everything that happens to us can expand our heart. If we let it. And if we see it as an opportunity of grace and not some barrier to simply overcome. We have to participate, not anticipate. And in the Gospel, Jesus is dealing with an exhausted crowd who's hungering for food. He's dealing with a bunch of disciples who are fed up with ministry. Like, just send them off to a town and they can fend for themselves with food He's dealing with fatigued and exhausted people and leaders and he feeds them with the small gifts that they present to him of fish and loaves. And so maybe we feel like that. We don't have much to offer God because we're pouting a little bit. And yet we present the small offering of our heart. God does incredible things with it. He knows our exhaustion. The gospel says he was moved with compity. He was moved with pity and compassion for these people. He knows our fatigue and our exhaustion, and he wants us to just offer the smallness of what we have, and that he can do incredible things with that. So, friends, is looking into the future and anticipating and 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 longing for the day when COVID is not around, is that an okay thing? Of course. It's what I feel like the Israelites were doing in the first reading. It's not to say we can't plan. We have to plan. Some of us are in the business of planning for this year. After after the last Mass, the the new interim president of UT has been joining us for the 9 a.m. the last two weekends. And I said to him, I said, Dr. Postel, you're kind of in the planning business, so don't take my homily too seriously this morning. You, know, you got And he said, no, but he said, actually, I, wa- I want to share with the professors what you said, which is that we, we might be anticipating so much all of the roadblocks we're going to experience and what's going to happen down the road that we forget about the students and teaching the students that are in front of us in that moment. So it's not to say we don't plan. It's not to say we don't anticipate. It's not to say we don't long. But if that gets in the way, of us seeing the present moment, we're missing something. We're missing something of God, what God wants to do with us and in us right now. Friends, as we all navigate this difficult time together, let the readings today challenge us to not anticipate, not to spend our entire lives anticipating when we're going to get back to normal. Instead, let's participate in what God wants to do right now. Amen.